Welcome to another edition of the Litigation Psychology Podcast, brought to you by Courtroom Sciences. <clears throat> I am Dr. Bill Kanaski. How's it going? Yeah, 2024. And we're going to do a MedMal series, a series of podcasts really focusing on um, healthcare litigation, MedMal litigation. Got some great guests, some panelists coming on, so I'll be good. And there's, there's a lot to talk about, and I really wanted to isolate some of this stuff because uh, I, I think particularly um, with witness testimony, you, you got a wide array of of witnesses when it uh, when you're in the the healthcare arena, you've got your you know your cardiothoracic and brain surgeons right all the way down to the LPN nurse right, um, allied healthcare professionals. These are very very different people. Um, when they sit for deposition, those depositions are going to be very important, and um, I think some of the things that they have in common is, uh, for the most part, uh, these are very caring people. Uh, they got into a helping profession, and they, um, you know, they care about they care about their patients. Um, the problem is when you take somebody that's in a helping profession, and you put them in a litigation legal environment, um, it's very difficult for them to communicate effectively because their work communication skills uh, often get in the way uh, of effective testimony. So what I want to focus on today is the um, nurses. I want to I talk about nurses, not nurses sitting for deposition. Um, and I want to start, I want to really focus today on that, um, uh, that LPN, okay, that nursing assistant Okay, and we'll, we'll kind of with these other podcasts, we'll kind of work our way up the chain. Um, these, uh, for lack of a better term, these kind of you know lower level um, nurses um, oftentimes get the post. Uh, they have a very very important role in the healthcare system. They are um, <clears throat> they're assisting higher level nurses. They're assisting. Uh, MSNs, they're assisting uh, nurse practitioners who have much higher levels of training. And oftentimes these um, these particular types of nurses, um, the LPNs, um, they're doing a lot of dirty work. They're doing a lot of the, they're doing a lot of the work that you and I could not do. And um Oftentimes, uh, in my experience, but I've worked I've worked with thousands of these folks at this point over a twenty year period. Um, and a couple of things in common that they have: number one, uh, they often feel unappreciated um, because they're you know, they're doing all the dirty work. They're doing all the work no one else wants to do. Um, they feel like they're not compensated very well. Okay. And uh, when they come into the deposition environment, um, they're oftentimes very scared, very fearful, um, sometimes think that they're going to lose their job, sometimes um, fearing that if they don't do well at their deposition, something bad's going to, you know, they're going to get punished at work, or there's going to be a reputational issue 
Uh, depositions are not easy, but particularly for these folks um, who, again, play this like huge, important key role in our healthcare system. Um, do, do, again, doing jobs, uh, none of us are probably capable of, of doing. When my, you know, uh, many of you know, my, my mom passed uh, on Memorial Day uh, last year. And uh, and then a couple of years before that, her mom, my 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 grandmother, who is my best friend in the world, passed. And interacting with these types of nurses, I mean, they spend the most time with these with these patients. Uh, they do, you know, they're do, you know they're they're putting people on bedpans. They're 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 cleaning up afterwards, right? Th these are really really difficult jobs. And they're so important jobs and to treat patients, you know, you know, in, in, in uh, tough situations with dignity, um, hat, hats off to these folks. But the problem we have is that when there's a med mal lawsuit, oftentimes they're going to get the post. And so how do you deal with one of these types of nurses um so attorneys you know you're obviously going to meet with them um i find that they they come in with a lot of reluctance again they're scared um i think there's a lot of finger pointing um types of pressures uh with with these nurses because they're on the you know lower end of the decision making chain um and there are a lot of fight or flight you know decision making uh patterns with these nurses um, and so how do you, so 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 what do you do? Um, well, a couple of suggestions. Uh, number one, uh, I think it's important. This is with any nurse, but particularly these, is you want to meet with them as soon as humanly possible. Um, you know, once the lawsuit's filed, uh, once word spreads, uh, once they figure out um, they're going to have to be deposed, it's going to be stressful. And the sooner that you can talk to these folks, many of them have never been deposed before. We, you know, Steve, Dr. Steve Wood and I wrote that paper on the 13 cognitive distortions that, you know, how your mind messes with you. Uh, um, the, these witnesses will have a lot of those. They will catastrophize. They will, you know, they will, they will engage in a lot of illogical thinking, you know, out of fear, you know, they're scared. And so getting to them as early as possible, talking to them, um, you know, getting their side of the story, but also seeing, you know, how they're doing, what their thought patterns are. I think that's one thing where um, attorneys struggle. Defense attorneys, you really struggle with this, is that you, you talk to your witnesses about the lawsuit, about the events, about the medical records. Uh, and, and you don't spend enough time talking to these people as human beings. You really don't. You really, really don't. And I know this for a fact, because when I come in on these cases during one of the breaks, oftentimes a nurse pulls me aside and says, you know, you're the first person that's asked me, you know, how am I feeling? How am I doing? How, how am I sleeping? You know, am I skipping meals because I'm so goddamn nervous, right? Um, th these are important issues that can drastically impact the quality of the testimony because a lot of 
well, number one, listen, half of this country has mental health issues, whether diagnosed or undiagnosed, okay? And, you know, these nurses will be in, in the, you, you have to, um, and yes, it's going to be an armchair assessment uh, by the attorney, but you have to ask them how they're doing because probably no one has. And if they're scared, if they're fearful, number one, you asking about that is going to make them feel a hell of a lot better. Okay. You're going to find things otherwise you wouldn't have found just because you asked. Okay. Number two, showing that you care. Okay. That you care about them. See, defense counsel, if you come in like caring about the lawsuit and caring about defending your client, yeah, that's really important. But you, you got to care about the witness. You got to care about the human being, the person going through this. Okay. This is going to build trust. Okay. This is going to build trust. They're going to open up to you, they're going to be more honest with you. Versus jumping into the page 15 of the medical record. Right? Lack of trust between witnesses and attorneys is, is very, very common. Because healthcare professionals, by the way, most people, they don't trust attorneys. They don't like attorneys. They don't like anything illegal. Anything illegal is stressful. And so they're already nervous. Going, It's kind of like going to the dentist. Okay. Nobody goes to the dentist with a smile. Nobody. And nobody goes to a meeting with the hospital attorney <laughs> with a smile either. Um, there, there, there's a lot of fear involved. So addressing, you know, addressing these issues early, talking to them as human beings, really checking on them, how they are doing. Okay. Very, very important how they're doing emotionally. Okay. Some of these witnesses will come in again. They'll be scared to death. They'll be scared to death. And you can address some of those issues. Lots of times that's a logical thinking, right? I'm losing my job. I'm losing my nursing certification or license. No, no you're not. Happens all the time. Or they're on the other end. They are epically pissed off, right? And they come in hot. They come in hot, running in the red. I'm running in the red. What movie? What movie? Pulp Fiction. Vincent Vega, John Travolta. Um, yeah, they're running in the red. They're pissed. Well, you need to ask about that stuff. So I, the first question I ask every nurse, actually every witness, but particularly for these nurses, I'm just going to tell you what I do. And you're more than welcome to copy. Is I ask, I tell them, I said, hey, listen, every nurse I work with comes into this process with some type of emotional reaction. I go, some people come in, they're scared to death. They can't sleep, they can't eat, they're worried. Other nurses come in and boy, they're mad. They're mad. They're upset. They're angry. And then some people come in and they just don't give a shit whatsoever. They're completely indifferent. And I say, which one, which category of the three do you fit into? I start every single witness training like that with every witness, but particularly nurses and these lower level nurses. 
And every single time they immediately open up, tell me which category they're in and why. And it's very therapeutic to them. Okay. So defense counsel, all right, take that. It could be 15 minutes early on. Okay. To ask that very question. Number one, right? Another issue I see with these types of witnesses specifically relative to your high level nurses, your physicians, okay, your specialty surgeons, okay, an issue that pops up here is yeah, so this is the second thing that you're going to ask them. Very, very, very important. You're going to ask them, is there anything else going on in your life? that is causing you stress right now that may impact your ability to prepare for this deposition. I asked that question, holy shit. You, you'd be amazed at the stuff that comes out that otherwise you would have never known about that can torpedo this witness's deposition. Things like, my husband just lost his job. Or, you know, we're we're going through a bankruptcy or I've gotten this one a lot. I have a sick family member. I have a family member that has cancer. It's really dragging me down or related to that. I have a, I have a sick family member, usually a parent that I'm, I'm helping. I'm a caregiver when I'm not working at the hospital. I'm home taking care of my mom or my dad. They're elderly. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. Any of you been down that road? Yeah, not easy. It will suck the life out of you. Suck the energy out of you. Wear you down. Okay. Well, how do you know if they have that? Pro well, if you don't ask, you're not going to know. Okay. Maybe I've, I've worked with nurses that they're currently going through a divorce. That's nasty. Okay. I've had nurses that uh, have children with autism, um, other developmental problems, very, very stressful, um, educational issues, getting in trouble at school, drug use. Hey, listen, life sucks. Life is hot, right? Who came up with it, right? Like life's a bitch and then you die, right? There's a reason. There's a reason these phrases have been around for a long time. It's not easy, folks. And you have to figure out what's going on with your witnesses. So you have to ask these questions, figure out what else is going on in their lives. Now, once you figure all that out, and you know what you're dealing with, okay? Kind of, again, the next question, remember, so first you have to assess, and then you have to figure, okay, how can I prevent this from getting worse? So if you find something, kind of the third issue is, what are you doing to help this situation? Okay. Oh, back to another thing. Many of these nurses are not the healthiest people on the planet. They may be struggling with, diabetes or high blood pressure, some kind of, you know, chronic illness.
pain. It's another thing you got to ask about, right? So then once you figure it out, so really talk about witness assessment here and why it's so important with these, with these nurses is you have to next then go, okay, what are you doing to address this problem? Are you going to the doctor? Are you going to physical therapy? Are you going to a, a therapist, a counselor? What are you doing? Are you exercising? Are you eating right? Okay. Now, at this point in the podcast, every defense attorney out there is like, I need to sign up for this. I'm, I'm an attorney. Okay. And I know that. But the issue is, and the issue why I'm the busiest guy on the planet and why I do this so often is because these are real issues. Attorneys, I know, I know you can't hire me on every case and I don't want you to. I don't expect you to. But on many of these cases, you can make a huge difference as the attorney by learning how to ask these important questions of your witnesses, showing some empathy, and at least nudging them to take some action to get on the right track. Is it a self-help intervention? Is it going to see a professional? Okay. So everything I just talked about, that may, that could take 15 to 30 minutes. It's crucial that you have answers to those questions to figure out what you're dealing with. Because if you do it the old-fashioned way and you just jump right into the case, you haven't addressed any of those things. When that person gets deposed and starts getting pushed by a by a really competent or aggressive plaintiff attorney, all this bad stuff's gonna it's gonna come out, and it's going to affect their mood. It's going to affect their emotional status. It's going to affect their answers. They're going to wear down faster. Okay, so we can solve a lot of problems by assessing appropriately. But in particular, these types of nurses tend to have issues. Okay. They tend to have other things going on. That's that's my experience. That is just my experience. Okay. Don't shoot the messenger. So knowing that, once you get that information, you know what you're dealing with. Now you're going to jump into the case, right? So um these lower level nurses uh, may not have a ton of charting responsibilities, like say your 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 higher, you know, your RNs, your BSNs, your MSNs, your nurse practitioners. Um, however, uh, they have they have huge responsibilities. Okay, and so then you have to talk about the case, and you want to gauge, you know, you want to gauge their memory. You know, what do they really remember, right? Uh, you want to ask them about their job duties and responsibilities and kind of get a sense for what their role is. Okay. Now, another important question here, this is really important. And you have to remind them of attorney client privilege. Once you, okay. So now you've done this assessment. Okay. By the way, that's going to help them trust you more and open up to you more. And you need that once when you start talking about the case, because witnesses will lie to you. And you're like, I'm the attorney. They're not going to lie to me. Yes, they will. Because they're scared and they're defensive. Do this good assessment, 15 to 30 minutes we're talking about. They will trust you and open up to you. And now you have to say, all right, we have attorney-client privilege here. This is completely confidential and protected. 
Tell me about your job. What do you like? What do you don't like? Are there issues you have? Do you have an ax to grind at work? Trust me, these nurses always do. Okay. What other nurses do you not get along with and you think don't do their jobs well? What's wrong with the system? What do you not like about the hospital or the nursing home or whatever? The... Get them to dump stuff on you. Let them vent. Let them vent. Because if you don't, they're going to vent to the plaintiff attorney. Hi, plaintiff attorneys. I know you're out there. By the way, as an aside, I try to be balanced here. Plaintiff attorneys, you need to do the same thing with your witnesses. Because it's stressful for them too. So everything I just said, plaintiff attorneys, you can, you can do all that with your witness too. And that's important. Okay? Not all plaintiffs are bad people. Plaintiffs have emotions, right? They're going through all this stuff too. Legitimately. And so plaintiff attorneys, you need to assess your witnesses better too. There, see? Balanced. Balanced here on the Litigation Psychology Podcast. So, um, you need to get these people to vent. Where, what are the thorns in their sides at work? Very, very important. Okay, because those are going to come out in the depth, I'm telling you. And you want to get a hold of those and figure out what's going on, okay, before you start talking about their testimony. All right. You know, ask them about, you know, have you been in trouble before? Have you been disciplined, right? Right? If you have a nurse that's been disciplined before, probably has a chip on her shoulder or his shoulder. You better find that chip, that thorn in their side. Because that's going to tell you a lot. That's going to tell you a lot. All right. But it's all about trust. They're not going to tell you this stuff if they don't trust you. They're not going to open up if they don't trust you. If they don't think you give a shit about them, and you're just the the hospital attorney, it's not going to work. Okay? And again, I know we're talking about nurses and MedMal as part of our MedMal series. But folks, if you're listening and you don't do MedMal work, you do product liability or you do transportation, it's the same shit. You do the same thing with your truck driver. Okay? Same thing with your company employees on the product liability case. It's the same thing. Then, you know, once you get, you know, kind of more into the case, um, talk to them about their memory of their events. Okay. Talk to them about the importance of um, not pointing fingers. That A lot of finger pointing, the, like the lower you go, it, it just, I mean, finger pointing can happen at any level. But at this particular level, I see a lot of finger pointing because they're scared. Because they're scared and they don't want to get in trouble and kind of like, a, you know, memory you know, as a parent or when you were a child <laughs> and you get busted doing something, like, Johnny did it. I mean, that that's what we do, right? Who dented the car? Johnny did it. My sister and I are growing. My mom would come home. Who broke the vase? Nikki did it. I blame my sister. <laughs> and she blamed me. Um, 
that's how that's what that's the natural reaction that people do um when there's blame to go around and then a lawsuit that's pretty you know significant blame so you gotta get to the bottom of all this and then really again um get their commitment right after you yeah yeah go through this case and stuff like that once you're going to end this pro you got to get their commitment to work with you going forward and say okay listen all right you know you've done your assessment you've talked you've talked about their job you figured out kind of where are those thorns what's the chip on the shoulder okay you talked about the case see what their memory is see if they want to blame anybody Okay. Now you're gonna you're gonna have to do more work with them to prepare them for deposition. Maybe I'm involved, maybe I'm not. Doesn't really matter. But the key is on this initial meeting, right? You've got to walk out of there with their commitment to you and the process. And you need to say, listen, everything's gonna be okay. You you've addressed their illogical thoughts. They're not going to prison. They're not, they're not losing their job. They have things like that, right? They're not getting their car or their house repossessed. I've heard all these things, by the way. It's going to be okay. Okay? And I care about you. I care about you as a person. Yes, I care about your testimony. I care about this case. I want to win this case. Or I want to get this case resolved fairly. But right next to that, simultaneously, I care about you as a human being. And I don't want you losing sleep over this. I don't want you stressing over this. And by the way, here's my card. If you're having issues, call me. Okay. They need to know you care. And get their commitment to meeting with you going forward. Now, going forward, you're probably going to get more case-specific Right, getting into the medical record, the timeline of events, who else is saying what, okay? And you're gonna get in the weeds about the case on your subsequent sessions. But how you handle the first one, right? This first session that you have with the LPN, the nursing assistant, whoever, again, kind of like that basic level of nursing. How you start that relationship is going to be crucial to how they perform at the deposition. Okay? How you start that. And I've seen some attorneys handle this really, really well. Okay? I've seen others skip steps one through five and jump right into the medical record. And then what you do is you scare the living shit out of your witness. Or... Or, even worse, you piss them off. You piss them off. Because they don't think you care. If you want to get the most out of these witnesses, it's, it's really important that you connect with them. All right? On all those things that we talked about. So. All right. In our subsequent podcast on this, we'll go over, you know, you know, how to deal with, you know, regular, you know, regular, you know, kind of more your mid-level nurses. We'll talk about nurse practitioners and, and physician assistants. There's some challenges there with nurse practitioners and physician assistants. They're dangerous. 
they know enough to be dangerous, but they're not physicians. And so, you know, those folks got, they got to know when to punt the ball and say, I'm not a physician. You're gonna have to ask a physician. The problem is they're like two inches away from being a physician. <laughs> and um, they get a lot of key questions and you have to work with them to determine what they should really be answering versus what they should be punting uh, to a physician. That's always interesting. And then in other episodes, we'll get into different types of physicians, right? I mean, working with a cardiothoracic surgeon versus a radiologist is very, very different. Very different. Working with a cardiologist versus a pathologist, oh, very, very different, right? Uh, and then surgeons versus non-surgeon physicians. There's a big difference uh, there in personality styles uh, and challenges, right? Got a lot of pros and cons there. So we'll talk about that. But I thought starting here was uh, um, would be something interesting. Give you guys some tools on how to talk to these uh, folks because you're going to need them. You know, you're you're going to need them. You're going to need them to perform well at that position, and that's going to have a big impact on the case. I think the last thing that you want. And by the way, I get a lot of phone calls. Ugh, it's the worst phone call because I, the phone calls typically. Uh, I have this really bad med mal case. Um, mediation failed, settlement failed. Looks like we're going to trial and I've got these two or three nursing, you know, they're, they're, they're LPNs, they're lower level nurses and boy, their depth stunk. And now they're really angry because the deposition process was so bad. They felt like they weren't prepared. They felt like they were being attacked. They feel like they're being blamed for all this. And then I'm walking, then I'm walking into a hornet's nest. That's not the way to do this. Unfortunately, I get that call all too frequently because clients, not all of them, but a lot of them don't see the value in prevention. <laughs> we can prevent all this. So some of the things I just told you in this podcast episode, Defense Council, you can prevent a lot of messes if you if you follow, if you do what I say. You can prevent a lot of headaches going forward. Sometimes, to go in a higher exposure case, I can come in, I can help you with this. I can help you. And as a team, right? Because the other thing that's going to happen, Defense Council, is once you get in those subsequent meetings, you're going to find some issues that are going to trigger these witnesses. And are you going to be able to help them control their emotions? Maybe. I know I can. That's what I do. Well, I think this was a good episode. And uh, 2024, uh, I want everybody to have a fantastic year. Um, you know, what I've learned is that uh, no year is going to be perfect. You're going to have your, you're going to have your hiccups during the year, folks. But you gotta heard something good uh, today. Yeah, uh, it's not going to get easier. You've got to learn how to handle hard better. Let me say that again. It's not getting any easier. There is no easy street. Okay, it's going to be hard. 
learn how to handle hard better. That is going to require some self-reflection, some self-growth, and some work on your part. All right. Litigation Psychology Podcast, Bill Kanaski. We will see you next time.